Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Hey, but why? You can't create another Jackson 5. That's just a jerk move. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, part two, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't catch last week's show, it is up and running for you. All you got to do is go get the podcast. Once again, the website for this here radio show, go to kslu.org. Org. Look for the Rock School chalkboard, click on it, and there you are. You'll find every podcast you need right there, ready and willing for you to take as you need. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Monique Gregoire. This is the concept. We are in show number two. Here we go. You listen to rock radio. You listen to classic rock radio. Right. And you hear the Allman Brothers. You hear the Rolling Stones. You mm-hmm. hear George Thorogood and the Destroyers. You hear Foghat. You mm-hmm. hear Eric Clapton. Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. Are they singing the songs that they wrote? Well, sometimes yes, oftentimes no. <laughs> They're singing blues covers. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'd like to do is play popular songs that you hear on classic rock radio all the time, but instead of playing what you know, like right. if I was going to play Statesboro Blues, which we did last time, mm-hmm. don't play the one by the Allman Brothers. Play Blind Willie McTell. Right. So you know where these songs came from for at least two shows so you get a sampling of it. For example, George Thurgood and the Delaware Destroyers. Do you know the song he does, Who Do You Love? Oh, yeah. Uh, Rattlesnake for a Necktie and on and on and on. Okay. Did he write that? Guessing no. not. No. <laughs> if it's on this show, probably not. Any idea who did? It's from 1956. Any idea who did? No. This one is by Bo Diddley. He oh. of the square guitar or rectangular guitar. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about this one and why I waited for this to, you know, instead of playing it last week, right. and waited to start this show with it. What's wonderful about this one is the original sounds so much like the George Thorogood cover, you immediately go, okay, I know it immediately. Because some of the songs, oftentimes people go, hmm, okay, I hear it, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I'd really rather still listen to the original. But this one is so much like the cover, you probably will go, okay, (laughs) I don't have it on my iPod already, I think I'll get it. So let's kick the whole thing off. Who do you love? It's Bo Diddley here on Rock School. Classic Rock Radio today here on Rock School. However, we're playing the originals. Do you know Fog Hat? Oh, yeah. Do you? Good. Mm -hmm. Do you know the song by Fog Hat? I just want to make a love to you. Absolutely. They're they're trying to make it sound British. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. They didn't write that one. 
Okay. What's the original? 1954, Blue Song written by Willie Dixon. And again, if you there remember last again. week's show, Willie Dixon keeps coming up and coming up. Prolific right. as anything. First recorded by Muddy Waters. Song was a major hit, reaching number four on Billboard magazine singles chart. And the people who played on it were sort of the who's who of it all. Little Walter on harmonica. Jimmy Rogers on guitar. Otis Spann on piano. Dixon himself on bass. And Fred Bellow on drums. It's the who's who who put together this song. And you got to know, in 1954, uh-huh. saying, I just want to make love to you. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> had to be just as seedy as possible, which made all the kids go, ooh, let's, let's get that single. Yeah. <laughs> Willie Dixon on Rock School. Coming out of Willie Dixon here on Rock School. You like the Rolling Stones? I do. Rolling Stones played all the time on classic rock radio. Right. right? Big cover band. Now you can't mm-hmm. you can't sometimes bands get faulted all the time. Oh, you're just a cover band. Right. You can't fault the Stones. You know, mm-hmm. okay, you covered some blues songs, but oh by the way, have you heard, oh, I don't know, Exile on Main Street. Uh-huh. You know, so it, it's not like they can't write their own. Song. Oh, here's Sticky Fingers. Oh, right. oh, there's no hits off of that. Uh so <laughs> when they cover, you know, you can't you can't fault them for doing it. They started mm-hmm. as a, you know, a blues cover band, wrote some of their own songs obviously, but mm-hmm. a lot of their early stuff was blues covers. Do you know the song by the Rolling Stones, I Ain't Got You? Uh, sounds familiar. The song obviously was not written by the Stones, but was done, and I don't have on here who the who the author is. I just have who who performed it, so I'm assuming he authored it as well. I mm-hmm. may be wrong about this. Billy Boy Arnold, who was a harmonica player, started oh. with Bo Diddley. And mm-hmm. you'll hear elements of Bo Diddley in the song. I Ain't Got You is the tune. Uh, he also had another one you may recognize was covered a few times. I Wish You Would, also by Billy Boy Arnold. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to this, sounds a lot like the original. So if you like the Stones version, here's where it came from. Billy Boy Arnold, I Ain't Got You, here on Rock School. I ain't got you, Billy Boy Arnold. I even played the Rolling Stones version for you, and you didn't know it either. No. Oh, see, that's a, that's one of those early Stones songs that I guess if you're a big Stones fan, you go, well, I know it and you don't. Right, exactly. Okay, well, it, yeah, you've heard both of them. Hmm. You know Cream, of course. I do. Right. Well, they had a huge hit that, that showed up on two of their albums, Fresh Cream and Goodbye, called I'm So Glad. Okay. Okay. It was also covered by Deep Purple on their album, Shades of Deep Purple, mm-hmm. but it was was not written by either Deep Purple or Cream. Right. 
It is a cover of an old blues guy, a pre-war blues, sort of a, if you had to make him a contemporary of somebody, same time as Robert Johnson, maybe a touch later. Okay. okay. Song's called I'm So Glad, uh, was recorded in 1931, uh, it was by a guy named Skip James. You now have everything I know about the tune. I wish I knew more, but you now have it. Skip James, I'm so glad. When you hear Cream's version, or and I don't hear it very often. I actually had to look it up to listen to it. Uh-huh. The uh, version by Deep Purple, a little different. Obviously, mm-hmm. Deep Purple's a little bit harder, a little right. more heavy metal type stuff. But um, you know, I hear I've heard I'm so glad by Cream 11 million times. <laughs> this is the original. Skip James, I'm so glad here in Rock School. first break here now last week we talked a little bit about why this blues thing even happened and why and in my opinion it was right. why the the bands from the uk reintroduced us to our own music mm-hmm. it says here and my source gives me this bit of information here it says here that when the british youth started getting into the blues music, there was actually a pushback from it. It's not like everyone went, oh, blues music, great, let's do that. It says here early British rhythm and blues bands were oftentimes not allowed to play at some clubs because people didn't like the music. Really? They just simply would not allow them to play. However, certain clubs sort of accepted them. They built themselves up around it. The Roundhouse and the Marquee Club, Mm -hmm. you've probably heard of those. The Flamingo, uh, the Crawdaddy Club. Hmm. What else here? The Ealing Club. Rolling Stones are oftentimes connected to the Ealing Club. And that's they they just last year were doing their 50th you know anniversary of it. And the Ealing uh-huh. Club kept coming up. Ealing Club, Ealing Club, huh. Ealing Club. Um, it started to become actually popular because the, the bands just sort of didn't wilt down. They sort of said, we're going to keep right. playing. And other clubs started allowing them. Melody Maker in 1963 declared London the new Chicago because of all of the Chicago blues that were coming over. That's crazy. And it was so popular also that in 1962, many blues labels began creating or expanding mm-hmm. their international labels. Huh. Uh, Chess Records had an international label called Pie, P-Y-E, that sent these things over. Uh, VJ Records was created or was expanded okay. uh, through EMI stateside label. Mm-hmm. And it says here, let me get the names here, promoters Horst Lippmann and Fritz Rau decided that instead of bringing in just records, they would bring in the musicians themselves huh. and set up tours and brought in Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Sonny Boy Williamson, and John Lee Hooker into the country. Wow. So at first there was a bit of a blowback. We This is not the music we want. We don't want you kids doing this. You got to wonder if that's what right. helped make it popular too. Right. And the people who were in charge of all of that basically you know, said, we're just not going to listen to you. You're going to 
you know, you're going to accept us or we're just going to beat down the doors until we are allowed to come in. Mm-hmm. WBSD, Burlington, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for listening to the radio show and... KLSU in Baton Rouge. Wonderful. Get us on Facebook, search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. Back in a minute with more of the originals right here in Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, it would have been real easy to make this a Rolling Stones and Eric Clapton <laughs> show. So I've, I've had to go out of my way to sort of only, you know, I'll just do a couple Eric Clapton's, what have you. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with the song that he sings, How Long, yeah. How Long, Baby, How Long? I think everybody knows that one, and it's a mm-hmm. staple when he performs live and such. It is not on his Unplugged album that I remember. That's sort of the the earmark. Everyone, no matter who you are, it sort of has that one. Uh-huh. So it's, I don't believe it's on that album, but he did not record it. Uh, pardon me, he did not write it. It is a classic blues song, which was originally done on piano huh. back in 1928 by a guy by the name of Leroy Carr. Okay, I never heard of that one. So when you hear Clapton singing it, this is the version that he listened to and went, that's perfect. I have to re-record that. Mm-hmm. Sounds like this. It's Leroy Carr on Rock School. before the bottom of the hour. Remember I told you right before the last song it mm-hmm. would be too easy just to make this an Eric Clapton show? Uh-huh. Cream, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Okay. Are you at all familiar with the Mississippi Sheiks? I'm not. Okay. I said in the last show, the show last week, that even though I consider Robert Johnson, boom, the point at which sort of rock music starts, I had to pick a point. A lot of people think Robert Johnson borrowed some from the Mississippi Sheiks. So, I mean, contemporaries. And at that point in time, everybody borrowed from everybody. There was no such thing as, you know, these are the guys and boom. But... You can see where Johnson borrowed from them. So, sitting on top of the world, you've mm-hmm. heard the cream song, okay? Sometimes written as sitting with a, an apostrophe on right. there. Okay. Was written by Walter Vinson and Lonnie Chatman, core members of the Mississippi Sheiks. They mm-hmm. said after they played an all-white dance in Greenwood, Mississippi. Hmm. Keep that in mind when you listen to the lyrics. You'll hear exactly why they said that. Okay. It was on OK Label, O-K-E-H Label. 
that matters. Okay label was what was known as a race label at the time. Okay. This was so this was what be known as a race record. Mm-hmm. So written by African Americans for African Americans. Okay. That was the basic concept of it. In May 1930, Charlie Patton re-records a version of the song called "Some Summer Day," and during the next few years, it starts to get picked up by everybody. Now, you'll notice that these don't sound like blues groups. Two uh-huh. Poor Boys, Big Bill Brunsey, well, there's blues, yeah. Milton Brown, and Bob Willis and his Texas Playboys. Yeah, not at all. Right. This <laughs> thing takes a left-hand turn and becomes sort of a standard in Texas swing bands. Wow. Right. <laughs> But Cream picks it up and sort of juggles it around and makes it their own. So that's a very quick background on the song. The Mississippi Sheiks are the ones that did it. And here it is. Take from where it comes from and what it is. Sounds like this on Rack School. Bottom of the hour here on Rock School. Take a little break from this classic rock radio playing the originals of all the songs that you know. You like B.B. King? I do. Okay, coming out of this, do you know Robin Trower? I don't. You don't. Guitarist. Unbelievably good guitarist. He had a Menza Menza hit Mm -hmm. with this B.B. King song, but it's not really a B.B. King song. You'll know the B.B. King tune, bang immediately Mm -hmm. uh you might want to look up the robin trower version as well but we're going to see if we can't find the original of the bb king tune so we've got something to think about while we do seven days 70 seconds do the names i'm joe burns you are monique gregoire and these are the dates june 30th all the way through july 6th welcome to july oh by the way happy summer by the way I've gone up to people who, over the winter, were sort of bundled up and were complaining about how cold it is and kicked them in the knee. That's exactly what I did. I believe you have Monday, June 30th. Uh, Monique, go right ahead. June 30th, 1975, the Jackson 5 announced they were leaving Motown Records for Epic Records. Yay. The brothers were forced to change their name to the Jacksons since Motown owned the other name. But why? You that. can't create another Jackson 5. That's just, just a jerk move. July 1st, 1956, Elvis Presley appeared on NBC TV's The Steve Allen Show and performed Hound Dog to a live hound dog wearing a top hat. <laughs> it's the truth. He really did. That's awesome. July 2nd, 1979, Sony introduced the Walkman, the first portable audio cassette player. I had one. Oh, I had uh-huh. one. You bet. July 3rd, 1968, at an impromptu gathering at Joni Mitchell's house in Lookout Mountain, Laurel Canyon, Los Angeles, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, and Graham Nash played together for the very first time. That was a good day. Yep. July 4th, 1973, Slade drummer Don Powell was badly injured in a car crash in which his girlfriend was killed. That stinks. July 5, 1999, the Eurythmics announced their first world tour for more than 10 years and that all profits would be given to charity. I'd like to be rich enough to do something like that. Mm-hmm. July 6, 1973, The Queen, not the Queen of England, Queen The Rock Group, mm-hmm. releases their debut single, Keep Yourself Alive in the UK. The track didn't make the UK charts, but has become a hit today. Okay, B.B. King, do you know the song, Rock Me Baby, Rock no, Me All so. oh, yeah, Night yeah. Long? Okay, yeah, great, great song. Where did it come from? Well, it would be easy just to go back into the 1940s and 1950s, find a song called Rock Me Baby, mm-hmm. and there it is. There's your original. That's what B.B. King heard. He redid it, and boom. But I'm guessing that's not it. No, it's not quite that <laughs> easy. 
here's as much history as I could grab from it. A person named Little Son Jackson, back in 1950, recorded a song called Rockin' and Rollin'. Okay. And when you hear it, you're going to hear, dun, 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 mm-hmm. you're going to hear it. However, where did the performance come from? Well, there was this woman named Sister Rosetta Tharp, who many people believe was sort of the first quintessential rock singer, huh. Elvis Presley, uh, Little Richard, mm-hmm. um, Jerry Lee Lewis, all have said they looked to Sister Rosetta Tharp to how you sing. And huh. she had this song that she said, rock me inside of. Mm-hmm. And you can hear B.B. King doing Sister Rosetta Tharp when mm-hmm. he sings Rock Me Baby, but it's attached to this Little Son Jackson 1951 song. Uh-huh. So I may be totally, wholly, and fully, and completely wrong. <laughs> but then again, I might be right. Mm-hmm. So here it is. You take a listen to it. Here's Little Son Jackson, 1951, Rock and Rollin' on Rock School. Rock me, baby. Rock me all night long. Rock me, baby, rock me till I want no more. Oh, the things we talk about off mic. (laughs) Really bad news. All right. uh, We are playing nothing but the originals of classic songs that you hear on classic rock radio all the time. Ten Years After has done this song. The Yardbirds have done this song. Multiple remakes. Have you ever heard Good Morning, Little School Girl? No. Yeah, it, it means exactly what you think it means. <laughs> okay, fine. Most people know the Yardbirds version. A lot of people will also have an idea of the Ten Years After version. But it's the mm-hmm. Yardbirds version that really jumps out and bites. It really is sort of a quintessential Chicago blues song. Okay, okay. where did it come from? The first recording, again, it's one of those songs that's probably been around for a while. Mm -hmm. First recording is by John Lee Sonny Boy Williamson back in 1937. It's been redone and redone and redone, but those that redid it, this is the one I'm sure they look to. Mm -hmm. It sounds like this on Rock School. I'm surprised it took us this long to get to Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hendrix covered some tunes. Have you ever heard Catfish Blues? I've heard of it. By Jimi Hendrix. Great strong, and he does a wonderful job of it. Catfish Blues was actually recorded by Robert Petway. Died back in 1978. It was one of his most influential songs. He recorded it himself in 1941. Okay. Now, why do we care about Catfish Blues? Because Hendrix re-recorded it? Well, okay, yeah, probably enough, and it's enough for this show. Uh-huh. However, and here's the thing. you can, If you look this up on the interweb, you get people saying, yes, it is. And you get people saying, no, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you to listen to it to see if you buy it or not. According to 
music historians, people like that. Mm-hmm. Catfish Blues was taken by Muddy Waters and rearranged to become Muddy Waters' single, Rolling Stone, huh. which the Rolling Stones took their name from. Oh. So you've got Muddy Waters and one of his absolute you know, best songs ever, Uh reworked from this tune, Catfish Blues. You take a listen to Catfish Blues and tell me if you hear the reworking into Muddy Waters' Rolling Stone. And of course, Hendrix re-recorded it, thus it belongs on the show. Here's Catfish Blues on Rock School. Okay, into the second break here on Rock School. Uh, I have so many songs to play. I'm going to quickly say hi to some affiliates, and I'm just going to roll back out into the music rather than trying to throw out some more information or some more stuff that I'm not going to play. So KPVL Decor, Iowa, thanks for running the radio show. WMC, Erie, Pennsylvania. Lovely. Back in a minute, we're going to play more music for you here on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, I probably should have pitched this during the break, but I wanted to get out as quickly as possible to start playing more songs. We played Catfish Blues Uh going into the break, which I said was rearranged and then made into Rolling Stone, the Muddy Waters tune. Okay, well, Humble Pie re-recorded Rolling Stone, you know, as have how many other groups. But the one a lot of people jump to is the Humble Pie version. At least I do. That's the one that jumps into my head. So, you've heard Catfish Blues, mm-hmm. and maybe you went, oh, I can remember Rolling Stone in my head. Well, how about we just play Rolling Stone? Oh. That way you can sort of think, mm, is it, is it not? Mm, okay. Started in 1950, or was recorded in 1950, and here it says it is Muddy Waters' interpretation of Catfish Blues, which is a traditional blues song that goes all the way back to the 1920s. Very cool. And again, it's the song that the Rolling Stones took their name from. So, is it or is it not? Well, let's find out. Here you go. Muddy Waters, Rolling Stone, right here in Rock School. Well, I wish I was a catfish Swimming in a deep blue sea I would have all you good-looking women fishing Okay, coming out of Rolling Stone, let's continue on. I got time to play two more, but I got to keep moving. Mm -hmm. The Rolling Stones, I'm a King Bee. 
I've heard okay. I'm a King Bee. I've also got Little Red Rooster here. Uh, Little Red Rooster is a Willie Dixon tune, mm-hmm. which was redone by uh, Howlin' Wolf. It was recorded by Howlin' Wolf. And then, of course, the Rolling Stones redid it. But I want to do I'm a King Bee because we've already played Howlin' Wolf. We've already played Willie Dixon tunes right. all over the place. So I'm a King Bee was recorded back, oh gosh, I don't have a time here for when it was actually recorded, Hmm. but it was Slim Harpo that recorded it, and Slim Harpo in 2008 received a Grammy Hall of Fame award, which honors recordings of lasting qualitative or historical significance, and I'm sure because the Stones grabbed a hold of it and said, we consider this, you know, influential enough on us to play it right that's one of the reasons it happened so here's the original not the stones slim harpo's i'm a king bee here on rock school well i'm a king bee buzzing around your high well i'm a king bee buzzing around your high Together we can make honey The world have I never seen Slim Harpo, I'm a King Bee, looked it up, 1957. Should have had that number there, but did not. Not that it makes the song any better or worse, but should have had that number there. Now, I've mentioned Robert Johnson in both shows, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to finish with Robert Johnson. There's, I mean, there's no way to not mention... Why not? Eric Clapton again (laughs) and the Rolling Stones again, because Mm -hmm. the two big ones that everyone knows are Love in Vain, which was redone by the Rolling Stones. Uh Everyone knows that version. Love in Vain was done in 1937 by Robert Johnson, and he pines for a woman named Willie May. In fact, you can hear him in the last stanza. Oh, Willie May. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, in the documentary, Search for Robert Johnson or Searching for Robert Johnson, I own it. I can't remember if it's Search or Searching for Robert Johnson. I think it's Searching. Um, John P. Hammond, the main person, the, um, the narrator of it, finds a woman named Willie May Powell who is quite elderly, and she is supposedly... Willie May. Wow. From the song. She's never heard the tune. Wow. And he that's plays cool. it. Yeah, he plays it for her and she is just completely taken aback by it. How neat. And and he asks her, Do you know he wrote the song? And she's like, Oh yeah, I knew it. And you can tell, mm, <laughs> no, she was just being polite and such, but she's really taken aback by it. So Love in Vain, go take a listen to it. Robert Johnson. It's mm-hmm. a it, the Rolling Stones stay fairly true to the song. Mm-hmm. The other one. 
Crossroad Blues. Now, Cream does a song called Crossroads. Uh-huh. They don't stay anywhere near the original. <laughs> they turn it into some souped-up 70s rock. Someone's going to say, well, yes, the lyrics are the same. Well, okay, fine. But mm-hmm. the music isn't even close. Crossroad Blues, Robert Johnson, 1936, and it's the one that supposedly starts the whole big Robert Johnson went to the crossroads at midnight tell my friend boy Willie Brown that I have done this horrible thing warn him not to do it Legber Mm -hmm. has come and has taken my soul and that's where it supposedly came from did he sell his soul to the devil I don't know Monique show me your soul give me your soul (laughs) can you sell it I'll give you 1050 right now it's a great story though yeah I guess you know so we're going to finish on that crossroads from Cream. It's actually called Crossroad Blues. Here is Robert Johnson, and that's going to wrap up our two for. I'm Joe Burns. Monique Gregoire. And that does it. Class is dismissed.